What is happening, my fellow Spartan fans? It is Monday, May 18th, and I hope you guys are coming off a fantastic weekend. Hope you got a slice of that good weather that Saturday had to offer if you are living in Michigan. And if you're not, well, hopefully you had a decent weekend of weather as well. Um, Before we get any further into today's episode of Lockdown Spartans, guys, you know it's coming in white hot right now. I've got to say that this episode is powered by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes better than a candy bar. That's right. Low calories, high protein, higher taste, low sugar, low fat. Did I say high taste? I think I did. I'll say it one more time anyway. High taste. Guys, Built Bar, Tons of flavors to pick from when you go on their website at BuiltBar.com. And you're going to save a little bit of money, too. $10 off. All you got to do on your first purchase at BuiltBar.com is smash in promo code locked on. That gets you $10 off. Promo code locked on. BuiltBar.com. $10 off. Locked on. At BuiltBar.com, it's that easy, guys. All right, so today's episode, uh, yes, it is just me to start, but in a little bit here, we are going to be joined by someone else. It's not Will. We traded Will for Travis Trice for this episode. Yes, Travis Trice has returned to the podcast, and instead of just talking about a certain game, we broke it up into two different parts. We talked about his early career at Michigan State, and then we fast-forwarded to present day and talked about his professional uh, ball career, whether it be G League or the many places he's been internationally. Really interesting conversation. Um, just the whole international ball is something that I have always been interested in, so what better guy to talk to than a former Spartan who's been to about four, five, six countries to play. So a really good conversation with Travis, very uh, generous with his time. So that's what we got cooking today. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Locked on Spartans wherever you are listening to this. And without further ado, let's hear from Travis Trice. You guys have heard from me long enough already. So yeah, let's, let's get to Trav right now. I am now graciously joined by a player that really needs no introduction. He was a player that is on the long list of MSU point guard greats. I know him as Trizzy. The rest of you know him as Travis Trice. Travis, how on earth are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. How about you? Can't complain, man. It's always nice to talk to former players, especially one like yourself, who is now a friend of the program. This is your second time being on this quarantine, so I guess the first question is just exactly how bored are you during the quarantine to be joining us twice? (laughs) <laughs> I'm actually doing all right, man. I mean, my son, I, I just had a son five months ago, so he's nice. definitely been keeping me busy. But between that and working out and then finding new shows to watch, I, I've been pretty busy. I haven't been bored at all. And that's good for you, man. That's awesome. So five month old, uh, Will just had his kid. I find I, I, we just found out that uh, we're going to be expecting a baby in October. You're five months into the parenting Congrats, game. Man. Any... Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Five months in. We'll call you a seasoned veteran of the parenting game compared to me and Will. But what's your best piece of advice for a newborn baby? I know I'm throwing you on the spot here with something not basketball right off the top, but what do you got for us? No, you're good. There's a book that my dad told me to go out and get and read, and it's called Baby Wise, and it's pretty much like a parenting guide. All right. And I started reading it at five months in, and I wish I would have had it beforehand because – the lack of sleep and the little things that you think you're doing right, that you're actually doing wrong that come back to haunt you later on. So definitely getting your baby on a schedule. I would say, go get this book called baby wise and it'll help you. 
All right, love it, man. That's solid advice right at the top. So, I'll, send, I'll send it to I'll send it over to you after we're done with this because you my man. I'm I'm gonna need that for sure because I'm I'm gonna be a fish out of water, man. No idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like, like like a lot of us. Uh, oh so yeah, Th- thanks, man. Appreciate that. Um, no problem. I know last time we had you on the show, we talked about the 2015 Elite Eight game against Louisville. And we also went on a few different tangents about your senior season. But today, I kind of want to do something different. I want to go to the beginning of your MSU career for the first half of the interview. And then the second half, kind of dip into what you got going on post-MSU with the International Ball, G League, everything like that going on. So right off the top, have you been watching The Last Dance at all every weekend with the rest of us? I've watched the first I watched the first three episodes, and then I, I stopped because I, I'm the type of person, I want to watch it all the way through, even though okay. that sounds crazy. You watch it 10 hours straight, but I like I want, to, I want to binge watch it. So watching two episodes at a time is not enough for me, but I've watched the first three so far. No, I totally get that um, perspective, too, because that's how I watch Tiger King. I just banged out all seven hours in a single <laughs> night, and that's the desirable way to go. But in the last episode, we really got a look at how hard of a teammate Jordan was to play with. But for a good reason, like he brought the greatness out of you. He really pushed you. So when you were a new freshman at State, just getting into your first few practices, was there an alpha dog teammate that really did push you guys hard? And like, what would they do to, I guess, get that? every bit of you out of you guys uh for sure it was draymond uh draymond was a senior my freshman year <laughs> um and kind of some some of the things you were talking about i mean he was very vocal um and he was he was definitely hard on guys but the the thing you respected about him is you knew it was genuine like that's who he was it was he wasn't putting on a show he wasn't doing things just because coach around was around or anything like that it wasn't fake at all um but one of the things that really stuck out is Draymond would be the first guy if you ever needed anything off the court or outside of practice is he's the first guy you should call. And he's the first guy to reach out to you if you needed anything. So he was definitely hard on on everybody. And, and that's what you have to do as a leader. But um, he was definitely the first guy to have your back. And kind of going along with that, like being a vocal guy, but at the end of the day, always having your back. That kind of goes hand in hand with being a coach's son, which you definitely are. And you also played for one of the most vocal coaches uh, in Tom Izzo. That's no secret there. So if you could break it down between the two, your dad playing for your dad and Tom Izzo, who was the person that was harder on you when you did play under them? Hmm, That's tough because both of them were really, really tough on me. Um, I would probably say my dad. Yeah. And just because the simple fact that I, I joke around with it, there was no escaping him. Like practice was over. Right. We had to go to the same house. We're at the dinner table. Like it's nonstop. So I'd definitely say my dad. Uh, but coaches was tough on me too. I mean, did having your dad as a coach kind of help you prepare for what being coached by a guy like Tom Izzo would be like? For sure. Um, and it, honestly, having my dad as a coach, it made me uh, more aware of what's going through a coach's mind. Uh, there would be times where um, my dad, I mean, a player might be mad that he's not playing enough uh, yeah. on our high school team. And then I would come home and talk to my dad and he would be he'd give me reasons that I, I mean, everybody else wouldn't know about. Like, hey, this kid's messing up in school. He can't remember the plays. Um, it just the outside things. You know what I mean? And then it's, you take it into perspective. So, I mean, looking at it from a bigger picture, I'm like, oh, there's other factors into why certain things don't go the way people think. So. Um, it just gave me a better perspective and I could see where coach was coming from. Definitely. And just to even scale it back even earlier than the college days, your freshman year, when Izzo did first approach you, or maybe the first few times he did approach you to offer you and bring you on state, 
What was the pitch to you and what really did you hear and understand from him that made you become a Spartan eventually? Uh, the one thing I really liked was his honesty. I mean, everything he told me in the recruiting process was true. Um, and it wasn't like, hey, I'm selling you on this. And then when you get here, it's going to be something completely different. He said from day one, you got to earn everything. Um, but he also said when you come here, you're a part of a family and at that point when he was telling me, he said every four-year player is going to get to go to a Final Four. And then when you you tack on all that and then being in the Big Ten, uh, being able being close enough to my family where I can get home at any time, um, and then just, I mean, being at Michigan State, you're talking about one of the best programs in the country. I mean, you, I couldn't say no to that. For sure. Were there any other uh, programs that you were heavily considering at the time, or was it pretty much MSU through and through? It happened uh, because Michigan State was the first visit I took after gotcha. the recruiting. Pro- I mean, after the AAU season was over with, um, and actually on my way up uh, MSU, uh, Tubby Smith called me and tried to get me to come to Minnesota and not oh, go gotcha. on the visit. Yeah, so I, I probably would have went there because I was I'm a real big fan of Tubby Smith and just mm-hmm. what he how he is. So I probably would have went to Minnesota. For sure. Now, there's probably no doubt that you did play in some massive games in high school, AAU, what have you, before you were even at Michigan State. But let's talk about your first game, not counting to the two exhibition games before the season. Playing on a, a freaking aircraft carrier against North Carolina, President Obama's right there. I, I mean, this is a broad question, but what do you remember just from that whole day or that whole time period where you guys were playing in the Carrier Classic? That game was that weekend was really a blur. Like, gotcha. Just even the time leading up to it, and then once you're getting out there, you start warming. First off, meeting Obama before the game, I'm just it threw me off. And then you're sitting there and right. you're standing there. He's across the court, sitting courtside, and you're looking at him. And this is crazy. But um, there was a couple times where you're in the game and you look up, and I realize I'm like, man, we're outside right now. Like, there's no mm-hmm. roof on here. You're playing. You're on top of a boat. I mean, but. It was surreal, and I mean that that whole that whole week was a blur. Like, do you remember playing in it? Do you remember the conditions, like how cold it was? Was there wind involved? Was there, um, I guess, precipitation building up on the court at all? Do you have any recollection of, of that? Or yeah, is it I, even I that do remember that. It was, yeah, it was kind. It was kind of cold, and then the court was like super dirty, like real dusty. And then it kind of started raining a little bit too. Like it was, it was, it was crazy. But but that's when it hit me. I'm like, man, I'm really outside right now. But I remember right. um, BJ actually like fell one time, and we thought he really got uh, hurt. I think he like slipped on a decal. But the court was definitely dirty, and it was yeah. definitely wet out there. So here's just a super random offshoot question here. But I remember those jerseys. Those were, in my opinion, some of the sickest jerseys MSC was ever worn. Oh yeah. <laughs> but on the flip side. Was there ever a jersey that you guys were shown where you were just like, are you effing kidding me? I can't believe we got to be wearing those. Because Not to put an answer already in your mouth, but the all-bronze jerseys are what popped into my head. What Was that one for you guys, or was there anything else where you're like, these are You're saying in a bad way or a good oh, yeah, way? Ones where way. I wanted to wear them? Oh, in a bad way? Oh, in a bad way. Not yeah. really. Not okay, really. I good. can't think of that's any good. in a bad way, yeah. Because I was not a fan of those all bronze jerseys. Bronze is fine, but when you throw it all there, it's like, oh my goodness, great! Like, so what, I guess on the flip side, what was your favorite jerseys to wear then at state? I would say my senior year, the script ones, like the, yeah. the throwback ones, the all white with the the uh, the script uh, state on the front. Those are probably my favorite, just because that was a different look and it was kind of a throwback too. 
For sure. Yeah, that's tough to beat, too. I mean, those are clean, yeah. to say the least, for sure. So yeah. just to go back to your first few games, your college career started with neutral court against North Carolina, neutral against Duke. That's an insane way to start your college career. Did you ever have like an oh damn moment when you first started off in college? Was it against either of those guys or was it even further in? Or did you never really have like a culture shock? This is playing with the big boys moment. That makes sense. Never really had that because I feel like I'm such a competitor that I was never looking at them like that. It's more, it's more now when I look back on it now or I do things like this or people talk to me or bring up games. I'm like, Oh damn, I really did play there. Or like my first game, my first college games on an aircraft carrier. The second one's in Madison square garden, like against North Carolina and Duke. That's how you start off your college career. So I think it hits me more now, but in the moment you're just trying to win. So you're not even thinking about anything like that. And college fans can also be crazy too. I mean, I talk because I'm one of them. Uh, you guys have Midnight Man. It's sold out of Rana. The Isn't Camp Out's a complete zoo. Pretty much any game you play and it's insane. Like, were you ready for all that? Or was there something that happened like early as a freshman? You're like, this is even crazier than I thought it would be. Not really. I, I try to always live in the moment and just take it all in. But nice. being at Michigan State, you're spoiled. I mean, your Midnight is sold out. You got exhibition games that are damn near sold out. Um, those are your first two college games. So, I mean, can you get any bigger or better than that? I mean, so, I mean, we were spoiled, honestly, with all the things we got to do. And also spoiled, too, because one of the biggest cliches, all for lack of a better term, is and it's a cliche because it's true or seemingly true around Michigan State, is that it really is a family-like atmosphere. How many times in your four years was it common to see old players come back or stay in communication with Izzo and the team and stuff like that? Is, is it really as big of a family as everyone on the outside makes it to be? So you know how you'll go places and say, hey, we're a family or you other programs will sell you on that. After And I realize, I realize this after the fact is talking to other guys that went to different schools and different programs. And how they would say, yeah, it's a family. And then you ask them and they tell you it's not really like that. I can honestly say Michigan State is definitely like that, where it felt like there were past players coming in every week. And I'm not saying that to just over-exaggerate it. It felt like constantly we'd be in for a film session and coach would say, hey, this is such and such from this era or this team, da 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 So it's definitely a family. And I feel like I could reach out to any of those guys now and they'd still talk or reach back out to me. So it's definitely a family. It's it's definitely legit. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, because just like you were saying, you hear it all the time, but surely every program can't actually have that. So, I mean, that is pretty cool that MSU can definitely say that. And kind of just going off that, too, you say that you get former players and all the time. Who was amongst, like, your favorite players to always see from, the, the older guys? Um. Before answering that, I would say most of that is a testament to coach, too, because you talk about a lot of different programs. They don't have the same coach for that long. So if you have the same coach for that many years, it's going to have that family atmosphere where other schools, you might have a coach there for five or six years and he's out. So I think a lot of that is with coach and his approach. Uh, But one of my favorites, um, I would say Travis Walton's up there. Um, Draymond, but I I played with Draymond anytime Mm -hmm. he came back was cool. Um, Drew Neitzel was one of those guys. Um, there's so many. I mean, Mateen. I mean, it, it, the list goes on, and it's hard. It's not like you can. Ju- it's not like you only have a few to pick from. There's so many that would come back constantly, and they would all reach out to you and and be there for you. So Charlie Bell's another one I'm forgetting about. Um, there's so many. There's so many. It's hard to even name them all. Dude, I bet, man. So, so many great. So many great guys too. 
Um, so we'll be back in a hot second. Uh, we just got rid of the whole Travis Trace beginning of MSU. We're going to fast forward to present day and talk about his overseas G League professional ball career and get into that a little bit in just a hot second. All right, guys, we're going to be back in a hot second with some more Travis Trice for you guys. But, you know, it's been too long since I've talked about Bilt Bar. So we're going to do it right now. Guys, I'll tell you what, on the golf course over the weekend, um, feeling a little sluggish after 10 holes. Uh, double bogey, double bogey to start the back nine. I'll tell you, it's not ideal. It's that. What could perk me up? Well, I bit into a banana nut bread flavored Bilt Bar. I had a nice little par three, about 154 yards, just a... Nice little eight iron out there. Pard that hole. That's right. Bilt Bar got me back into my golf game. We walked all 18 holes, and I tell you what, there is nothing like a nice protein bar to get you walking the five miles of the golf course. Beautiful golf course, Stony Creek Metro Park, if you haven't been there already. That's beside the point. The point is that Bilt Bar is going to have you thriving through your yard work, your golf round, your workouts. Your day at home running around chasing all five kids that you have that you've been quarantined with for the last two months. And Built Bar is also going to get you through it with $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com if you use promo code Locked On. Again, that is BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On. That's going to save you 10 smackaroos, if anyone calls them smackaroos. Um, all right, let's just get back to Travis Trice here a little bit. All right, so this was all uh, Wikipedia research. I'm going to need you to check me on this because you you have a stamped passport. You have been all over the world, literally. Yeah. So you've played in Australia, Lebanon, Turkey, France, Italy, obviously America. Is there any that I mm-hmm. added or is there any that I'm missing right now in that bunch? Nope, that's it. Hey, all right. Look at you, Wikipedia. Nice. Yeah. Chalk one up for that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I, and I couldn't help but to notice you had a 2018 timestamp three times in the Wikipedia playing in Australia, Lebanon, and Wisconsin, all in the year 2018. It, first of all, is that is that correct? And second of all, can you just walk us through that year and how crazy that was for you? All right, let me think. 2018. Or Brisbane, if I went to Lebanon, Brisbane, that means... you it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to Brisbane, the Le- Le- Lebanon. And then that next year I'd have been in Wisconsin. Yep. So I started out the year, so it'd have been 2017, started out in Australia, which flowed into 2018. After that, uh, the Australian season's only six months. So after that, I went and finished out in Lebanon. And then summer hit, was in summer, and then played in Wisconsin. Yep. That's right. How on earth you like how how just tired are you <laughs> at the end of that year? Because that sounds like not really an off season ever for you. Then is is that right? It's actually it's actually fun, man. I, I people ask me all the time, and I tell them it's paid vacations. Like I'm in Brisbane, which is in between two of the best like coasts in Australia. You got the Gold Coast, and then you got the Sunshine Coast, which got some of the best beaches in the world. And that's where I'm at. And it's wintertime here, but their seasons are flipped. So you're going down there and you're playing in the summer. So I'm in the summer playing and getting to go to beaches every other day. Like, it's amazing. And then going to Lebanon was cool, too, because it was just a, it was a culture shock for me. It's something different. And after going over there, and it's right in the Middle East, it's literally right next to Syria, right above Israel. Um, but it's not what I thought. Like, I, I know, and I don't know how everybody's perception is, but my perception of the Middle East 
before going over there was, I mean, there's tanks rolling around and everybody's like fully dressed. You can't see them. And then going over there, come to find out it was, it's actually really chilling, a really cool place. And I met a really, a lot of really good people over there. So I guess just, I mean, easy, broad question here, but what was your favorite spot to, to play in internationally? Definitely Australia. I was going to say that's Either tough the to first beat year that, or the second year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you you can't you can't beat that at all. <laughs> no, that that's awesome. So, and I, I guess on the flip side, so we talk about the pleasant, how pleasant everything was. Who um who which country had the most ruthless, out of control fans? Who was like just bringing the passion every single night of all the countries that that we listed? Mm, that's tough. Uh, Italy's up there. I would say Italy. Are they? Honestly, Are they? I mean, yeah, Australia's cool. Uh, but it's not the same. It, Italy is probably the closest to college as far as atmosphere goes. And you've also been in the G League on and off, right? Is is that correct? Was I reading that? Yeah, right. one, two, yeah, two, two and a half years. Like I played one year. I played two full years, and then uh, I finished out like the last month, one of the years. I want to say my first year, second year out. Nice. And when I was looking up stats too, I mean, it looks like you've been doing beyond solid, averaging about 16 points a game when you are in the G League. But when you go back to European leagues, and it could be like stylistically or any way you want to perceive this question, but what is the biggest difference between playing in the top European leagues and then going back and playing in the G League? I would say just the style in general. It's not the same type of basketball as it is um, in the States. A lot of times, you can't go off of the stats. You might look at somebody's stats over there and you'll be like, they're only averaging seven or eight points. And, but you don't even realize that they're only doing that. They might only shoot five times a game or they might only play 15 minutes, 17 minutes. Like it's, it's a completely different style of basketball, the way they coach, the way they, they think is totally different than the state. So you really can't judge it off of stats. Um, But it's, it's, it's similar to college compared to the G league where it's, more about scoring and spacing and things like that, but it's definitely closer to college. Gotcha. And I, I just, I don't know if a lot of other people have this um, notion of international basketball or G league or anything like that, but so correct me if I'm wrong here, but in college, I, it seems to me for the most part, you have a shared team goal of winning a conference or a final four or a championship, but overseas, I mean, this is when it becomes a job and the teams are filled with guys trying to get to better leagues, trying to better themselves. Um, understandably. So, I mean, this is their living. So knowing that, like, does that kind of change the way team chemistry is and the way basketball is played, or do I kind of just have that all wrong? Um, it really depends. It really does because I've been on teams where guys strictly look at it as a business. As soon as the practice, I mean, as soon as practice or the games are over with, everybody goes their separate ways, and that's it. Or, or I've been on teams where it feels like college. So um, it really depends on the guys. Um, and what kind of group you got, uh, guys you have and how they really mesh together. I mean, um, I, I've been on both sides of it where it works okay. both ways, and I've been on the side where it doesn't work both ways either. So it, it really depends on the guys and, and how you guys approach it. All right, guys, we're going to be back with Travis Trice to round out this interview and send you into the rest of your day right after this. And your dad was an international basketball player, is that right? No, he didn't. He actually got hurt right before. That's so right. That's the story. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, my question was going to be, did you get any advice from your dad before he went overseas? But I guess that's not really a question of if he wasn't able to. But, I mean, did he give you advice before he went over there? Or was it just everything he's ever told you beforehand leading up to that is just a, a, another country you're playing in is all the difference? 
Um, it's been actually kind of cool just how our relationships kind of morphed before is it's not me giving him advice anymore. I mean, me not asking him for advice. I'm kind of just mm-hmm. like sharing my experiences and kind of seeing what he thinks and what he would do if it was him. Um, he's actually got to come over. I flew him over to France when I was nice. over there and he was able to come and watch me play. So that was cool. But um, yeah, he's he's kind of really just turned into really dad mode, like where it's not even like trying to teach me or not, not coach mode anymore. It's more just dad mode and just kind of experiencing the things I'm getting to experience with me. That's got to be a refreshing change of pace, right? I mean, it's got to be cool for you guys. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, but I, I like it. It's, it's a little weird, but I mean, sure. it's hard for him to give me advice on something he hasn't been through or he doesn't know about. So it's cool. Oh, that's awesome. And it, you also just said the word relationships, too. And that just made me think of this. And it, it's you and a lot of other international players, too. They, they hop around a lot. They are very rarely in the same spot, maybe for two or three years at a time. So you cycle through a lot of teammates. So I guess there's two sides of this. A, I guess it could be cool to meet a bunch of different people from around the world and everything. But on the other hand, are you really able to form relationships with these teammates? And I guess what is that like always having what seems to be a never ending cycle of different teammates throughout your career? I I actually like it. Um, And I'm actually still friends and close with a lot of people from, um, from my very first year playing professionally to even now I stay in contact with people from all over the world. Um, and it's kind of cool. It's not like you talk every day thing, but every once in a while, if you see something funny online, you'll send it to each other or something like that. Um, or they might comment on a pick and you call them and uh, catch up. But I, I think it's, they understand the situation is, Hey, this person's only going to be here for a little bit of time and you get to see if they're a genuine friend or not. You know what I mean? Where, um, it's not like they, it's not like college where, Hey, I came in with this person. I'm stuck with them for four years. You know what I mean? So, um, it's actually cool. You get a lot of genuine friends out of it. And so we talked a lot of international ball, but to end the interview, we got to go to your team USA performance and not too long ago for the men's world cup qualifying team. Not only did you play well, you played quite literally historically well, uh, setting a USA basketball men's world cup qualifying team record with 10 assists. Uh, did you know that you were feeling it that day and you were on your path to a, a pretty, quite literally a historic performance for team USA? Uh, I, that's news to me. I didn't even know. Hey, that. nice. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Always here to deliver good uh, news. No. <laughs> I was, <laughs> um, I was just honored and it was kind of like a wow moment for me because I didn't even growing up. I mean, like you already know my story. Like I wasn't highly recruited. Wasn't the fastest. Yeah. I wasn't the one of the best players coming up. So I never thought I'd have an opportunity to ever put on a team USA Jersey. So uh, when I got the call, I was super excited. And I'm just really proud. Um, and I also got to go and visit places that I probably wouldn't have been otherwise. I mean, got to go down to South America, um, Panama, different places down there. It's just um, it was a real honor, man. I'm definitely grateful for the opportunity. And I guess just how does that even start? Do you go to USA Basketball? Do they call you and your people? How does that all begin, really? I'm sure there's a trial process involved and whatnot, but how does that even start? So they reached out to my agent because of the new rule where like the NBA guys wouldn't be able to go because it was in their season. So they were going to get guys from the G League. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody reached out to my agent and I want to say it was Ben Gundy actually reached out to my agent because he had saw me in summer league and was like, hey, we want to try. I, I, I like this kid. Um, so then they called my agent and then I went out to the first like tryout. Um and everything was cool. And then I was there. I played three total windows. So, 
that's pretty sweet to have a USA jersey, though. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. got to be awesome, man. So, like, any teammates that you played with then that you remember from college at all? I, I perhaps should have looked at the roster before I even asked this question, but did you meet up with anyone in college that you ended up being teammates with on this team? Yeah, um, Frank Mason, who was at Kansas, oh, that yeah, we okay. played against my senior year. Um, who else? I can't remember. You're, you're getting me right now, guys. I played because there were so many. If you think about the diff, yeah, the different windows. Uh, right. I remember Ben Moore from SMU that I was I, I got really close with. We actually met there, and we've been cool ever since. That's nice. Um, but there was a bunch of guys. Uh, Chase on Randall. But there was a bunch of guys that I uh, had known growing up or played against uh, throughout college that I, I knew. For sure. And so last question for the podcast. Thanks again so much for joining us. Um, I don't even know if you know the answer to this with everything going on right now, but what is next for you in your career? Are you going back to Italy? Are you going elsewhere? Do you have, do you have any idea, to be honest? Um, I've talked with my agent a little bit. This is a very like weird scenario because there's no manual for this because this has never happened. So right. at least in our lifetime or in the lifetime of like the way sports are now and everything. So um I've actually I've I've signed before this happened I'd signed for this season and next year in Italy but with the economy and everything I don't think they'll be able to like they won't be able I don't want to sound like like cocky or anything but I don't think oh, they'll sure. be able to afford me off mm-hmm. of what what they they were projected to pay me for next year I don't think they'll be able to so I'm right now I'm scheduled to play in Italy but I don't know if that's going to happen so I'm kind of open uh, my agent said I've gotten some calls from other places as far as like back in Australia and some uh, yes. other countries. But, hey, I'm just I'm just right now. I'm not even thinking about it. Uh, I'm just enjoying this time with my family because this is the first time in a while since I was in high school that my entire family has been home between my brothers and my sisters that are away at college. So this, I'm just enjoying this time and I'm just taking it day by day and just making sure I'm staying in shape. For sure, man. Yeah, like obviously this all sucks, but that really does have to be a silver lining and a blessing to be home with the family, the the new baby too. I mean, so that's that, that's a good way to look at it for sure. Yeah, I'm not complaining at all. Not definitely. And it man. could well, always be worse too, man. You got people out here that are fighting off this illness, or other people that are going through the day to day struggles of it. So I'm definitely blessed to be able to be healthy one, and then be able to be around my family. So I have no complaints. Totally, man. Love, love the positive attitude, especially, especially to end the podcast. Um, Travis, I, I can't thank you enough for joining us once again on this podcast. You are now an official friend of the program. I'm sure you're honored to get that label. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, definitely, yeah, thanks, definitely, man. Perfect, perfect man. man. I appreciate it. <laughs> definitely appreciate it, man. Awesome. Well, we'll be back. Uh, I don't know when we'll be back. We'll be back soon. Uh, but yeah, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Locked On Spartans and go green.